The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Game Cinematics, episode 203, to be uh, exact. I am your host, Sean Garmer, and here with me as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And joining us for the first time, all of us together anyway, is Jens. How are you? Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me. Well, you guys did such a great job on Video Games to the Medium Yep. that... Uh, I was like, well, we got to have Jens on, you know, constantly, so, or or at least as much as we can. Whenever I've got something to say, which is um, rare, but I've been playing something for once. Well, you guys have been playing both the Days Gone, so we didn't get to talk about that much last time because Mark had literally played like an hour. Yeah, I just got like three hours before we started. Like, yeah, Amazon had showed up at his door and I was like, were you going to play anything before <laughs> we start? And he's like, I might play like a little bit. Well, it showed so, up at my door and then I went to install and update it and then I put the PS4 into sleep and then it didn't do anything. So when I went, finally went to play it, I was like, oh no, now I have to install the game and then and then update it. And I was like, I, I did that already. Why didn't you work? <laughs> that game takes a long time to patch. It takes longer to actually apply the patch file t- than to download it. No, it didn't do anything. It just sat there. And I was like, you're, mm. you're supposed to work. <laughs> it's also been getting a patch like every day, right? And they're big. Yeah. You want to start or you want me to? <laughs> You've encountered your first horde now. So you're, you may be further than me as far as percentage. Yeah. Have you met Lisa yet? I have not. Okay, then I'm way further than you, or at least marginally further. Uh, yeah, I, I hit up a horde, which is not fun. Uh, I died a few times. <laughs> and it was right next to this base that I had to kind of liberate, so it was not pleasant. <laughs> Are you working for the two? There's like the old lady and the merchant who run that camp together. That's the second camp you come across. Yeah, well, there are two There are two human camps. One is like the Copeland gang or whatever, and yeah. he's like this like militia guy but he's like a hippie militia so he, he believes in like second amendment rights and all this other stuff but then he's like eh we need to we need to farm more <laughs> and then the other camp is this old woman uh this old battle axe and she's like indentured servitude like she's making slaves of everyone and it's like if you don't work you don't get food uh, everybody's <laughs> gonna pull their share but yeah she's she actually just says i'm running this thing like a prison essentially she used to be like a prison matron. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so, so do we know, are those the only two camps in the game? Because it's kind of an interesting... I think so. That's what I saw, or that's what I read. <laughs> interesting dichotomy that one is basically the if you want weapon upgrades and one is the if you want bike upgrades. Yeah. So they've kind of split that up where you've got to prioritize one or the other. How uh, How many, aside from the intro one, have you seen any flashbacks with your wife, Sarah. Yes, I've been following the um, Remembrance uh, storyline, and there's there have been some it, good it, 
uh, flashbacks. Did you see the one when they like met? Oh yeah, it is the most cringe-inducing sub Sons of Anarchy level drama that you could possibly imagine. Oh, that's the scene that sold me on the game. That's why I bought the, the game. The one with the wedding. No, still... no, no. The one I'm talking the, about. The, well, the wedding, the one where she's bending over is what Mark's no, talking no. about. No, no. It's like she's at a, she's like her truck is like broken. Oh, they're meet cute. Yes, they've got a meet cute where her her car's broken down on the road, and he's got to protect her from some hooligans. Yeah, Deacon like drives by in his bike, and they start talking, and then all of a sudden, you're ride. You, she's riding with you, and you get into this like three on one fist fight with these idiot, like these redneck idiots. And I was wondering, like, what what just happened? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> as far as the gameplay, it's a lot better with stealth with stealth weaponry. Like, that game gets a whole lot easier when you have a sniper rifle to, with a suppressor on it. I just got the first, I got, I got the point twenty two, which is garbage, complete trash, that rifle. So I'm still kind of low on, on good weapons. But I've upgraded my bike quite a bit. I've upgraded as much as I can, except for, like, a few, like, little odds and ends for, like, durability that I don't care about. But, like, I have nitrous back and stuff like that, which is nice. <laughs> You know the thing about those flashbacks, and I'll talk. I try talking about them in uh, a non-spoilery way. But um, Sean, uh, on the last episode, you alluded to the fact that there's reviewers who complained about Deacon as a character and talked about how he was unlikable or he did some bad things. Yes, uh, so that seemed to be a thing that he kind of gets even worse as it goes on. Yeah, I'm curious, Mark, if you've encountered any of that because so far this guy's a boy scout no he is he is kind of a prick how so but he's not like a malicious prick i would say like uh, this, this is a small spoiler but that lisa chick i told like i mentioned earlier she's like mm-hmm. a 14 year old girl who's like traumatized like she's living in her old home she's basically like clem from the walking dead but like slightly older sure uh she clearly has some like mental problems or like she has like you know since her parents are gone, like, she just degraded. Yeah. So his great plan is to take her back to the prison camp. And it's like, that that might not be the best plan. What do you mean? It's to integrate her back into society. As opposed to the hippie camp? <laughs> okay. But, I mean, you can, can't you, uh, you cannot choose which one? No, you... no, that's a story beat, because I guess she actually knows the old battle axe. Okay. And then De- Deacon is like, oh, like, you should be, not, you should don't push her too hard, and the old woman's like, no, fuck you, I'm going to mm. do whatever I want. That's interesting, because like, right. the mechanic in the game is that it, it generally makes you choose if you rescue survivors, which camp you want to send those survivors to. Yeah, you can either get money and respect if you send them to the hippie camp, or you can just get money if you send them to the slave camp. But I guess you've got no choice in that story, huh? No. I also fight a bear, which is pretty awesome. Ah, man. I've been, I've been spending a lot of time cleaning out those uh, zombie nests. I do that. Those are those aren't fun. Everything I've seen of the guy, like this guy, he spends the bulk of his time acting as a combination sheriff and janitor, just cleaning out zombie nests and policing the local murderers. If I mean, if you take at face value that the people that he kills deserve it and are people who are preying on others, and that's what the game uh, tells you pretty explicitly, then uh, he and Boozman are really doing. I mean, he's doing a public service. Yeah. For the community, they're they're cleaning up the the woods and making supply runs for folks and doing bounties. I mean, you're uh, there's like one flashback that reframes him a little bit early on in the remembrance story um, where he kind of has to kill somebody that he doesn't want to kill. Yeah, I saw that. tends to happen in these kinds of stories, yeah. yeah. People don't like him because he's biker scum, end of story. Huh. 
He seems like a good guy. <laughs> I don't get it. Also, it's funny how like there are no other vehicles that I've seen in this game except for bikes. Well, I mean, what else are you going to ride in the post-apocalypse? Motorcycles aren't that durable compared to a car. <laughs> Part of this cataclysmic event has destroyed every car. Cars are just scrap in this world. Literally. Yeah. Well, how does the motorcycle... Is the motorcycle feel good to ride? I mean... It's a little squirrely, I found. Like, it controls all right, but it doesn't feel great, necessarily. Like, maybe if you upgrade it enough, it'll feel better. I felt like I did better with the um, crappy bike that you get than with the cool initial bike, which I kept oversteering. Okay. Now that I've put some upgrades into it, you know, I've got the the, the wheels and, and all that stuff um, with more traction. It, it really controls a lot better than it does in the beginning um, to me. But uh, one thing about the bike riding, and this is the, the big thing of this game, is scarcity. Resource scarcity is, is one of the biggest gameplay differentiators, uh, I think, for this. Um, and it affects how you drive as well, because you drive to conserve gasoline. You You rev as little as possible. You let off the gas when you're going downhill, especially. Um, you know, it. I actually, I think I took it too much to heart in the beginning when the game teaches you that gasoline is scarce because, uh, you know, I, I really um, played super conservatively for a long time until I did almost run out. And then I realized that as soon as you come close to running out, they start marking gasoline containers on your map. Well, they do that already. Like, if you go into the map, they're just like, here's a gas canister that's always there. Like, like halfway between both camps. Okay, so like, that's... Okay, if I ever need to get gas, you can just go there. And then the problem I don't like is when you fast travel, it also takes gas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, if you want to go to this camp, it's going to take 0.7 liters. Right, but... It's like, all right, I guess. I mean, I just fast travel there, pay to refill, and then I'm good. If it didn't cost the thing, the... gas, though, to fast travel, mm-hmm. it would break the entire yeah um, kind of scarcity mechanic. Well, not just that. It'd be like, oh, well, all of a sudden the game has like magic. Like, oh, you don't, uh, you're fast traveling. It didn't cost any gas. There's plenty of magic going on with some of the zombies. How they, I've had zombies just pop out of nowhere, like literally. They do spawn in pretty suddenly. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> or I was, I was in a medical camp. It's like I had all the doors shut. I was, I listened to an, I picked up an audio log, and then all the doors randomly opened, and I was like. Uh oh, this isn't good. <laughs> I have. Do you have level two trust yet with one of the camps? Yeah, second, the first one. Can you just buy as many med kits as you want? Yeah. Okay, that's my main. I man, see, I need to be able to about, do that. You talk about scarcity. Like, I mean, gas is a little scarce, but I have found like, ever I've had a ton of materials for stuff. Like, I, I'm, I'm basically full most of the time. You know, of like. Molotov cocktails or med or like bandages or you know this like arcane stuff because it's like hey, I just pick up everything and then use it. I'm usually so. full of the stuff I don't need, and um, I found myself pretty annoyed coming across uh, zombiness and not having what I needed to make Molotovs on me. Yeah, and I've been uh, conserving health packs pretty pretty much uh, go- walking around with half health uh, most of the game so far, just because I don't want to use things i also bumped my health up to at least two different spots so far like i'm at like 150 now you start off at 100 oh i um, haven't done that at all the yet. one thing i don't like about the game really is like the mission not the mission design but like how the missions open up hmm. because you'll complete a mission and then you immediately get the next one and then it's halfway across the map and it's like 
Why? Yeah. Just have it be like a fourth across the map. I'd be happy. Well, and there's also closer stuff around you still that you should be doing. But the game yeah, puts but... as the default to like go all the way across to the other side of the of the uh, map. So I've kind of um, found myself going halfway down towards mission and then deciding, oh, wait, no, that's not what I wanted to do at all. I didn't realize that the game had changed um, the active mission for me. It is a ton of fun. I found stealthing around like enemy camps, like human enemy camps. Stealth is great. Because you can mark and target or just, you know, like mark enemies and, you know, it'll follow their path along. And it's completely broken in a really fun way. With that sniper rifle, with it, you know, suppressed, you can just take out everyone in the camp. Mm, I need that. So it's like shooting and stuff, actually. Well, I also, know. I have, uh, I don't know if you unlock the focus upgrade. Yes. But, like, I have slow-mo shooting. Like, you press a button and, you know, it just slows down for, like, five seconds. I upgraded like that a little, bullet too. time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. You can pull off, like, one shot. Possibly two if you're really good, but just one so far. But it, it's really effective with getting headshots. Yeah. It's interesting to me, Mark, because you compared it to um, Mad Max uh, just because yeah, of the bike. it's a lot like that Mad Max game a few years ago. Uh, it really feels more like Wildlands to me. Like, it has that kind of methodical uh, movement and shooting and a similar UI design, too, a similar kind of style, generally, and similar vehicle controls. So that that's what it makes me think of the most. Like, if you, if you took all the high-tech gadgets out and replaced them with low low tech stuff and made everything really. I mean, I literally have a gadget that's an attractor that can you know attract zombies somewhere. It's kind of high tech. Okay, well, yeah, it's just is it the thing you throw and it just it makes a noise? Yeah, that doesn't sound. I yeah. mean, it's just a noisemaker, right? Ah, uh, well, it does. It, it's effective. <laughs> sure. The, the reason I say it's like Mad Max, aside from the vehicle stuff, is just all the little bases that have nothing mm-hmm. but just resources for you to like pillage. And, like, the collectibles are the same way, kind of. Okay. But but that's, yeah. I just don't think the feel, like, the combat or, or the, the feel of the movement is anything like well, it. Well, the melee especially is, like, Mad Max. What? Mad Max has Batman combat. Yeah, but you're still, like, just picking up weapons and wailing on people. Yeah, but it's it's totally different. I, I don't think the countering system in this is any... Anyway, that's, this is a dumb rabbit hole to go down. Yeah, this doesn't have a, have a countering system. Mark, do you have any more observations from further ahead in the game? It's... I'm at, like, day... F- 750 i think it's oh i'm fine. not that f- you're like eight days ahead of me well i don't know how they like i think they do that with like you know every time you hit a hit a mission, major mission it like S- certain story beats forwards time yeah yeah and it's like wait what <laughs> so i really like this game i'm enjoying it a lot do you like the story so far? I, i've heard the story is like the really good part of it it's obviously full of cliches <laughs> the funniest thing I, I was noticed on twitter i was talking about on twitter earlier was that like the opening scene when you meet sarah yeah like well like the when they meet for the first time she's like a government scientist and she has like tattoos all up and down her arms and it's like yep that's all what all government scientists have well okay but it's it's the two it's it's modern day it's not this is not uh but he's a biker that kind of makes sense no, no, for I, I, I mean the female sarah the wife well no I'm, what i'm saying is like it's kind of makes sense for him to be attracted to 
a girl with tattoos and all that stuff, you know? It kind of seems like the biker lifestyle. Mark's just questioning that a woman with tattoos could hold a government job. Pretty much. Um, I, I, think, I think there's more tolerance for that nowadays. Yeah, I was say, we have progressed in a time where, you know... Every woman in my town has a tattoo and they're all white trash, so I, I know the score. <laughs> ah, you're extrapolating there. Yes, based based on factual evidence. <laughs> so yeah, every everybody's kind of a stereotype, but... Uh, I am really enjoying the characters. I'm, they have good chemistry. I think the, the voice actors for Deacon and Boozman are, are really good. I like, this, I like the scenes with him and Sarah. The interesting part to me in the game also is um, you're following Nova around. So there's a government agency that seems to have kind of survived the downfall uh, that is still doing experiments and kind of poking at the zombies a little bit. And, uh, um, you know, you're, you're kind of tr- trying to find what they're, what they're up to. And I wonder if that's going to tie more into the backstory with Sarah as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely interested where it's going. I mean, it's it's too early to make a judgment on whether it's good, but it uh, is certainly grabbing my attention. They really should have got Charlie Hunnam and Maggie Siff to do some Sons of Anarchy business with this with these characters. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's a cameo at some point from some of those people. Why wouldn't you do that? How are the uh, freakers, do you... Like that. I, they could really overwhelm you. I mean, they. I, I've I've died. I've died quite a bit. Uh, playing yeah. on normal. Yeah, but um, I mean, it, it's not easy. Like I can take up to like four or five at a time now. Like just waning away on them. Uh, mm-hmm. But any more than that, especially like some of the like weapons you get, like the range weapons, aren't great for like mid shots or anything. So, does it always feel fair though? Like when they surround you and stuff is not. Oh, it's well. Aside from they magically pop in, yeah. <laughs> there, there's some emergent um, nonsense, uh, just like you would expect in, say, a Rockstar game or a Far Cry game, where uh, things are intruding on, like scripted events and non-scripted events are intruding on each other, and those are the only times that it has felt not fair to me. Yeah. Uh, but but that's something that I generally excuse in open world games. Okay. Or at least to some, to a certain extent, I will. Well, any other thoughts on Days Gone? Mark, what do you think of the story? Uh, I haven't got, I mean, it's, I haven't really unlocked it yet. I just, I just kind of met O'Brien again. Uh, so I'm dealing with that. I, I mean, I guess I'm further along than you are. I, I wonder if we should do, do you want to do like a spoiler cast when we're actually done with this game? Or is at that point, uh, interest in this game is waning quickly, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, people seem to be enjoying it. The ones that, uh, you know, are, are taking that time to, like, really go through it. And, of course, I think when you buy the game, it's easier to make yourself feel like, oh, I spent that $60, I really got to go through and play it. Whereas I think with reviewers, sometimes we forget when we get a code that we didn't pay that money. It's easier to, for you to go, oh, I can just put this down, you yep. know, or this is as far as I'm going to get. Uh-huh. Let me do the review and then I'm done, you know. Uh-huh. That was my plan with EDF until someone forced me to finish it. <laughs> yep. Gotta finish your games. No, you don't. <laughs> Technically, for review, you're supposed to get as far as you possibly can by the, you know, if you get the games far enough before embargo. After that, it's kind of like, well, you're supposed to just do it as fast as you can, whatever. No, I get as far as I'm interested in getting. <laughs> well, see, not everybody has the same philosophy as everybody when you're doing reviews. So, you know, that's why it's, I, a, it's a subjective thing. That's why I also exactly. get, get reviews done quicker than most people because I know when games are shit and when they're not. <laughs> that also takes very good experience to know. But 
You know, I, I will say in defense, there are games that sometimes it seems like they're crap at the beginning and then they do get better as you go on. Or vice versa. I've had lots of things fall apart on me in the third act, so. Also true. Well, you do you want to talk anything about Earth Defense Force Iron Ring? I know you guys talked about it last time, so. Yo, I finished it and it's still bad. The end. <laughs> <laughs> And it well, was, it there's was your verdict. <laughs> it, it was funny because Jens was like, "Oh, here's get this rocket launcher. It'll it'll serve you well." Yeah, but in multiplayer games, the health and health and damage of enemies has doubled, or at least you know something, because that rocket launcher didn't do shit against any enemy I fought. So, so that's one thing that we didn't note, and it became much more egregious in these in the latter half of the game is that uh, they really boost. It was much easier for me to beat the game by myself than it was for us to beat the game together. So, uh, you know, the scaling is maybe uh, leaves something to be desired. And there's only like 10, we- 10 enemies in the entire game. Well, isn't it just trying to kill things in mass? No, but... no, there's a lot, of, a lot of really stupid defend the base or like defense this area mission. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of missions where like they just... It is a lot. There are some missions where they spawn in like a bunch of enemies, which are fine. But there are missions where it's like, here's the first wave of, of enemies, here's a second wave, here's a third wave, and then possibly a fourth. Yeah, they really do break break everything up into little waves. There's not no none of this. Nothing ever gets to the size that that EDF is famous for, as far as the scenarios. So, is that disappointing for you, Jens? Very. That's yeah. It's not really what I want from. I mean, I still played it a whole bunch. I I, I don't know. I put maybe fifty, sixty hours into it. Because I'm an idiot, um, I did eventually unlock that out. It took me basically until um, Mark and I were almost done with our playthrough for me to unlock the, the that outfit that I unlocked half of at the very beginning of the game, and then it just taunted me the entire time. That's a good use of your time, like I said last time. I, I had closure. <laughs> well, it's always good to get closure when you can. <laughs> that, that's why you, me and Sean were saying you like this game, because you're the one who, you know obsessively trying to finish it and it's like no you don't break yourself with that stupid so how much do you think is mark just outright hating the series and how much of it is he's just right it it does suck as much as he says i'm really looking forward to his review because i'm i'm he seems to have these preconceived notions about the series just from watching uh giant bomb quick looks and stuff so and the people who um, play him (laughs) (laughs) right I don't know. I'm, I just, I just hope that he'll be fair and he won't, he won't paint the entire series by this brush. One point five out of ten. <laughs> that seems fair. One point five out of ten. All right. If we're going by an average of five, then yeah, like uh, maybe a, a two or three. Damn. Still too so, high. So <laughs> basically, the verdict is: don't buy Earth Defense Force. Uh, wait for it to like show up on PS Plus or something. Uh, and... Buy Earth Defense Force four point one. The previous one on PS4. There you go. Anyway, Sean, I, I'm really curious what you've been playing while we've been plugging away at Days Gone. I have played a little bit more of Steam World Quest. That's about it. And I can't... I mean, there's not really much more to divulge from what I said last week. So until I get to something where, like, maybe next week I've gotten much further. Because I haven't even gotten to the part where you craft the cards yet. So uh, it's still the same basic concept of... You know, you go through, play your dungeon crawly part where you try to get through the area, you collect treasure, 
you battle the monsters, the boss happens, and they have really funny quips and stuff like that. Uh, I like the third character that you get. He's he's funny, and I like his design. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's a $25 game. I know for some people, like $20 is usually the cutoff on the, well, I'll just buy it and it's not a big deal. Um, if you like any of the Steam World games, or you just like card games, I'd say that you might want to give it a shot. But certainly next week I'll have much more to to say when I've gotten uh, much further into it. I don't know if it's drawn your interest at all, Jones. Um, well, I'm not uh, not a big card games, but this is so this is card games with RPG quest mechanics. Basically, it's like a turn-based RPG, but instead of doing skills, you have cards. Does it play like a card game, or is there actually like a map where where you're replacing your characters and positioning matters and and? No, I mean it's a well, it's pre-positioned for you, like a turn-based game. You walk around a map. You go, there's like it's basically like a dungeon crawler. Like there's these areas, and you go to a certain part. Either there's an enemy or a treasure or nothing, and you go on to the next thing. And in that area, there might be one of those things until you get to the boss, um, and that's it. Then you are the dungeons randomized, or is it all? Um, it's all kind of bespoke. It's all bespoke. What will either carry you through or not is the if you like their the humor and the writing. You know, like the the other stream world games are pretty good at having good writing along with the gameplay mechanics. So, well, except for uh, Heist. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I liked Heist, but I know a lot of people that didn't, you know, so... Like, Heist had good writing, but the battle mechanics were terrible, I thought. I, I will admit, I've never played a SteamWorld game. Well, SteamWorld dig games are great. Yeah. Other than that, I have uh, not really played anything. Just trying to get back into the groove of getting myself to write stuff and, and all that. Now that... Uh, I don't have the big burden of trying to get myself to get through One Piece. That's over with. So I have more time for things now. now uh, I, can, I can fire up Naruto. <laughs> I'm trying to actually watch stuff that's coming out, like, now. Oh, you're watching new anime? So I can... I'm, I'm at least a season behind now. I'm like, I started watching Rise of the Shield Hero and... Oh, yeah. A, a few other things, but that's like... Thankfully, I can just like do one episode and be like, "All right, I'm good. I don't have to keep watching for like five or six episodes or whatever." Oh, and I caught up on Attack on Titan. So, because the new part two of season three just started or whatever. So, I'll be watching that when it comes to Blu-ray. I I found out my sister also watches it, so I was like, it was kind of cool to be able to watch it with her. I was like, oh, I watch anime with somebody that's not my eight-year-old. That's that's cool. Well. <laughs> I mean, eight years old is the anime target age demographic. Uh, <laughs> not really, but I mean... You know, I, th I think the very first anime I ever saw was Uritsukiri, Legend of the Overfiend, so I had a very different impression of what the genre was right away. Uh, I think the first anime Anaya ever watched was... Oh, Anaya's first ever anime was DBZ, so that was interesting because... She actually liked it, and then I tried to get her to watch Sailor Moon, and she was not having that. So, uh, yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, my mom got mad. She's like, why are you not having her watch, like, you know, more girly cartoons? I was like, 
Well, I would, but she seems to be more drawn to the Dragon Ball Z that I'm watching right now. So what, I'm going to force her to watch something she didn't like? You got to just deal with it. The show where the uh, Chung Lee versus Vega fight from that animated movie (laughs) over and over. (laughs) Uh, Probably not. You know, if if there's anything, I guess, to give her back, she loves Captain Marvel in the uh, MCU. So there you go. Girl power. Yeah, I like that movie, too. Too bad they wasted her in Avengers. <laughs> yeah, my wife is pretty annoyed by uh, her not playing as big of a role as she was hoping. I mean, to be fair, they wasted a lot of the female characters in Avengers. Yeah, but they didn't introduce... They didn't have female movies for most of those characters just two months ago. <laughs> it makes sense for it being the send of, of the Avengers to focus on the core group to me. I, I didn't oh, yeah. really bother me, personally. I, I don't really care either way. I just, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. But, uh, you know, we were talking about PS Plus games not too long ago here. Just to make mention of it really quick, uh, Overcooked 1 and What Remains of Edith Finch are the PS Plus games for May. Both those games are great. Uh, obviously, Overcooked 2 is much better than 1. If you Yeah, that's a lot newer, so that's why they put 1 on there to hopefully... No, just... definitely. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. like, <laughs> even graphics-wise or just, like, the throwing mechanic makes that game so much different. So. Um, if you've already played two, unless you just want to have it, you know, Overkick one's not necessarily needed because it's basically the same game, just better. However, Reigns of Edith Fence is short, but it's a really good story game, so it's worth uh, checking out. I never played that one, so I'm kind of interested. I bought it for like, I think, $9 when it was on a sale last year. Totally worth it. I, I enjoyed it. All right, so the. Some of the big things uh, from this week, mainly the, I guess, biggest one, because it's one of the big games coming out this year, and it keeps making waves. Phantom Strikers? uh, Not that. Uh, So, uh, Borderlands 3 is, yes, it's more Borderlands, but they've improved some things on it. Um, Like the, Mark and I talked about the loot instancing, which was officially... Uh, revealed that everybody that you play with is going to get their own loot depending on their level. So you don't have to go fight somebody for this loot or that loot. And also the villains are going to upscale. So if you're level 25, you're going to be feeling like you're playing a level 35. You're going to be fighting against a level 35 enemy while your friend is, if they're level 20, they're shooting a level 30 enemy. I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but uh, they're making that happen. You can't turn it off, though, if you just want to make things like normal Borderlands. Uh, also, the story is 30 hours long if you want to do nothing but the story. And you can also just do everything and play for 115 hours. Well, I saw something that I guess the bosses are supposed to be, quote, annoying streamers. And it's like, how is that different from any regular streamer? Like, what's are they going to have PewDiePie voice one of them? Because that'd be pretty funny. But that's about it. They're good streamers. No. The thing I've noticed with this is that uh, Gearbots keeps showing their hand that they are not great at uh, getting making deals with their returning voice talent. Who is it this time? Uh, Claptrap apparently is not the same. Oh. Claptrap. Uh, you know, along with the uh, Troy Baker thing with Reese. Yeah, last last week. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. And, you know, we we did get to see, I think, a couple of the new characters and Lilith got shown off. 
as well in that gameplay thing. I think the guy who was Claptrap used to just work at the studio as like a you know like a programmer or something, and then I think he left like four or five years ago. So it, I mean, it, it's understandable why they don't use him, but he was fine. Like, <laughs> I mean, he still sounded like Claptrap. Whoever they got, yeah, it's... you know, it wasn't that bad. Uh, yeah, you can get pretty much any voice actor to do a decent claptrap voice. I don't really see what the issue is. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, people like to just complain and complain. I mean, it's not like Randy Pitchford helps himself a lot of times. So, <laughs> you know, between his hatred of Steam and his loot box temper transfer, oh, that's was hilarious. That's such ridiculous. I hate finding myself agreeing with Randy Pitchford, but I, I think it's kind of obvious what he meant. But then to to throw a big fit about the fact that he was taken out of context, they didn't take him that much out of context. I think anybody reading that article understands what that article is saying. No, oh no, exactly. It's just don't go around saying you don't have this and this in your game, but you technically do. Just better off safe than sorry with the way that fans or or gamers are, gamer culture is, especially online. Just you know, right? He can't help himself be combative. Exactly. Uh, apparently there's going to be three action skills for each of the characters at the beginning instead of one. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, some of the weapons are going to have an alternate fire mode now. Uh, you can press a button to instant refill on your ammunition from the vending machines now instead of having to go out and buy it. Uh, and you can use, uh, Sanctuary 3. For the most part. This is why it's taken 10 years since the last big Borderlands game because you you know have an instant refill all ammo button. Something that what Gain's been doing for that long period of time since Borderlands 2? Pretty much. I mean I know everybody keeps saying it's more Borderlands but like are either one of you super interested in it? or? I kind of am. It depends really on the story and if Jens wants to actually play it or not. <laughs> it's a co-op shooter so I'll play it. Well, if we all two are going to play it, I might go in and play it as well. And we'll be level 40, and you'll be level 4. <laughs> hey, now, if we're all playing, I will try to keep up, not be at level 4 in the rest. Well, I mean, you have a lot more responsibilities than the rest do, so... <laughs> well, you know, if she goes to bed at a normal time, I can hang <laughs> out why, That's why you got to use those trank darts like I've been telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first of all, I gotta fight a trank gun <laughs> to use it on first. Uh, so, you know, speaking of, we have Randy Pitcher with Outrage. Well, everybody's been in a lot of outrage over the Sonic movie trailer, uh, <laughs> including so much so that the, it is it, now gotten the director and everybody else to go back and say, oh, well, you know what? We're just gonna redo his design. But we're not going to push back the launch date of the movie or anything. So guess what? We're going to have another story of crunch on our hands pretty quickly. Which, with the way that's been going this year, that's just another story to add on to it. If it was like one scene, it could probably, I mean, really change its design. But it's the whole movie. <laughs> my, my reaction to the trailer, I mean, it wasn't a good trailer, obviously. But it sold me on the movie as a potentially enjoyable train wreck. Mm-hmm. Where where every possible creative decision that they made they made wrong, especially the character design. And the internet's already uh, you know they 
uh, ran this well dry within like an hour of the trailer being out. You know, the live teenage leg, the legs, the weird proportions, the human baby teeth, the lack of a butt, all that stuff. So I don't know. Do we really want? Do we really want this design changed? It seems like the movie's more interesting the way that it was. Well, I, hopefully, when it comes out on DVD, there'll be like a behind the. There'll be like the director's cut. <laughs> Like this is this is what you originally planned for this movie or something like that or the original design. No, the worst part is apparently a lot of the designers and artists or whatever that worked on Sonic on record saying that they told the people involved, "Hey, Sonic doesn't look great. You might want to, you know, change it." And they decided to not change it, and now they waited until the fans got mad to make that decision. Which also led people to think it's a publicity stunt, and they did this on I, purpose. I don't believe I don't, that. Yeah, that's like the tinfoil hat crowd. Like, no way to get this far in a movie and then abruptly change it. It's it's like the new Coke thing. You know, we're not <laughs> we're we're neither that smart nor that stupid. Yeah. Yeah, man, you don't go and make all those posters and all that stuff that's already in theaters and everything else just to want to change it later. I'm sure there are. Sonic the Hedgehog action figures in some warehouse somewhere. You know, it was itching to get released. Well, that they'll have to redo if they redo the design. That's what I mean. Yeah, like that's why that's why I don't believe that they you know is all some nefarious plot to redesign them quickly. Because like, no, you don't get that far ahead in production. Do you guys think they're going to pull out this crunch off and actually like make a good looking Sonic in six months? No, I think for a few scene like key scenes they might, but the design is pretty much set. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to change much without them delaying it. They can't change his proportions too much, probably, because of the framing. Right. But The other problems were, like, the eyes and the teeth. I, th- I feel like the eyes are fixable. The teeth, like, anything facial, I think, is going to be fixable. The teeth is what bother me. I didn't really have a problem that much with the eyes. The biggest problem I noticed is, why isn't there a scene of him making out with Lacey Chabert? Well, yeah. It's all they want in a Sonic movie. Sure. Just like that Sonic the Hedgehog Xbox 360 game from 2006. Did you guys see Tommy Wiseau tweet that he wants to be Shadow the Hedgehog? Yeah, I did see that. That was pretty good. As CGI or just as Tommy Wiseau? Because one of those would be <laughs> I think way either better. one would work. I mean, I guess that could be the, uh, you know, post-credits. Yeah. Is Shadow <laughs> is entering the Sonic universe or whatever. Do, do you think, aside aside from Sonic, do you think any of the other characters are going to show up in this thing? Um, I'd be so scared to know what, what Tails looks like if, uh, you know, this is what Sonic looks like. I, I just don't. I think they were just genuinely trying to make the standard CGI character and human are pursued by the military buddy movie that we've seen a million zillion times. So I don't think there's room for the other characters in that. When that uh, monster truck is... An alien movie looks better than this thing. You might have a problem. I will say I, I like Jim Carrey as Robotnik. Like I think he looks funny, like because it's like classic Jim Carrey that hasn't been around for twenty years. It's nineties Jim Carrey back. I mean, I was not a fan of nineties Jim Carrey when he was nineties Jim Carrey, so it's not enticing to me. But and and I didn't think that scene where he's berating the general that that felt like it was just bad kids movie jokes that went on way too long. I'd agree there. When they got to, when they showed him as Doctor Robotnik, like the way you normally see him, uh, at the end of that trailer, he looked good. Oh yeah, that was good. So I go see it. There's ups and downs. I don't know that I'll see it in the theater. Oh, I'm seeing it. Yeah, uh, I'll see Detective Pikachu, but that actually looks like a good, a semi-good movie. But 
I want to see Sonic because yeah. it looks bad. Oh, I already got my tickets for Pikachu because an eye won't leave me alone. So, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean that actually looks really good. Plus, Ron Reynolds is Pikachu. You nail it. Yeah, can't argue with that. Well, I mean, staying on the uh, Sega front here for a little bit, uh, they did not have a great 2018 except for in their PC business. Uh, in fact, it seems like they are going to take the Capcom route of we're going to focus on older IP and maybe remaster, re-release other titles. Not that they don't do that enough already. Yakuza Kenzen, Yakuza Ishin. Yeah, so no. that's uh, oh, alongside the Sega Genesis Mini coming out later this year. Like last year, they didn't, I, correct me if I'm wrong, they didn't have a ton of games, I didn't think. Okay, so here's what came out, uh, at least from the Atlas. Let's start with the Atlas side of things. You had, uh, last year, Dragon's Crown Pro, which is a remaster. Persona 3 and 5 Dancing didn't come here until the end of the year, basically. And I can't Uh, imagine those games sold particularly well. I mean, they probably sold really well in Japan, but not necessarily here. Uh, Etrian Odyssey Nexus came out on 3DS, and it was pretty much like, oh, that was out? Okay. Uh, Persona Q2 still has to come out here. And then Catherine Full Body and Persona 5 Royal, which will come out in Japan, uh, you know, this year and next year here. Well, like last year, they released like at least two Yakuza games. Uh, right. Yeah. And you're getting the port of Kiwami 2 this, this week? Yeah, uh, but like Sega didn't make any big games. Vakura <laughs> uh, Chronicles Four was their re- other big game. I'll repeat, Sega did not make any big games. I heard that Vakura Chronicles Four was actually good. It's really good. It's just it's never been a mega seller. Yeah, it's not going to sell three three million units. You know, it did fine. Like you know, help being on Switch helped, but. I remember that game being on constant sale, basically, for like $30, which usually doesn't uh, bode well for your game if it's constantly on sale all the time. I mean, look at, like, something like Bayonetta. Like, that game should be multi-platform, because it sold a billion copies, but it's only on Nintendo, because it screwed the first the first one. <laughs> I think it did okay on Switch, though. They, well, they essentially sold Bayonetta to Nintendo. Yo, nobody else would have it at the time. I mean, it was they were in pretty desperate straits with that game. They, you know, Bayonetta Two was almost done, and they lost their publisher. And you know, they were trying to save it. You know, another game that's going to really, really going to uh, fix all Sega's problems when it eventually comes out. What? Shenmue Three. I've been waiting for that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's. Uh, is that even? I think Sega is. That's a Kickstarter game. <laughs> it's supposed to come out this year. I think Sega is like has a hand in it. I don't think they're publishing it, but they're doing something with it, I think. But okay. Sega like Sega doesn't have a ton of franchises and the the ones that people oh, like active. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I would love a new Jet Grind Radio or uh, you know, maybe uh what is it, Shining Force? I love a new Shining Force. But they just don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean a lot of their and they're like, they're always, no, well, they're always, I was going to say, they're always tied up and making bad Sonic games. And I was like, this doesn't help anyone. 
I mean, they're making a new Soccer Awards, but that's a ways off. And you have, you know, Shenmue, which they're not truly involved in. Uh, I'd love, like, Space Channel 5 to get something, but that's probably not going to happen. Well, they're getting, like, they're making a VR mode. They're making, like, a VR version of it. Oh, that's right. But that's not, that's not it. (laughs) I mean, like, uh, they haven't made a Virtual Fighter in a while, even. Uh, Or, like, a Streets, Streets of Rage. That'd be fun. Weren't, isn't there some other company making a Streets of Rage, like, something? Maybe. Like, some indie studio, or whatever, but it's not Sega? You know, the one that I'd love to see with... Binary Domain 2. Oh, God. You're you're thinking Double Dragon. Yeah, well, Double Dragon, yeah. But that Neon came out a while ago. No, they made a Double Dragon 4 also. Oh, God, I... Try not to remember that Dragon Double Dragon Four came out. That thing was awful. Panzer Dragoon should have had another game by now. They did. It was called Res. <laughs> <laughs> not the same. Not totally the same though. It's time for someone to break the glass in the Crazy Taxi Four plans and get that into motion. <laughs> <laughs> I would love another Crazy Taxi. Or like another Outrun game or something like that. You know. Oh yeah. Like I'm surprised Nintendo hasn't tried to bring back Super Monkey Ball for. Switch. Sega owns it. <laughs> yeah, but like that's something that like Sega should just be like, here, have it. Put it on Switch. Like, you know, like I bet that would do pretty decently. Um, they've really been coasting on Yakuza and, you know, Persona stuff. Yeah. Lately. That's and then Shimigami Tensei Five, we still don't even know when the hell that's supposed to come out. They have shown nothing since when the Switch was supposed to launch. Yeah. So, uh, they're saying they have way too many games in development and they're going to cut down on that. And it's like, oh, we're going to focus more on remasters or whatever. It's like, you already made a bunch of, like, either spinoffs to game, to series that already exist, uh, or remasters or sequels or whatever. Like, how much more are you going to focus on that? Like, I, I would really like a comic zone too. I mean, uh, Kid Chameleon 2, sorry. <laughs> uh, I was <laughs> you're, you're still thinking about Comic Zone? It's terrible. Kid Chameleon rules, that's all I had to say. It's funny that, like, Sega went from, we're not gonna make a lot of games, to, like, oh, we're gonna focus on mobile, to, oh, that didn't work, so we're gonna go back to making console stuff, to where, oh, well, if it's not Yakuza or Persona related, we're not doing that great, so let's focus on more of Sonic Mania. And, oh, we're going to release, we release all these freaking classic, that's the only thing that I get from the mini. Like, I'm kind of interested in it because I never owned a Genesis and I just got done reading that Console Wars book, so maybe I have a more nostalgia for it than I should. Uh, but just, just go into any Rite Aid and pick up a Genesis right now, it's the same thing. <laughs> well, not just that, but it's like you keep releasing all these collections. So it's like, what's the point of of getting a mini other than just to have it on your shelf? And unless you're going to get Sonic 3 on there, like, what's the point? You're going to have basically almost any every game that's been on one of those collections, probably. That would be the killer app, Sonic 3. That would get me to buy it. And Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Oh, yeah. The Sonic 3 thing, if it is a rights issue with Jackson's estate, or, you know, the problem of him, uh, you know, him being on the soundtrack, just remove the songs. Or just replace them at this point. Like, no. I mean, you say no, but you're a music... F- you know, yeah, I love music like, too. No care. Tr- <laughs> trust me, Jens. Like the thing I forgot to mention last week about the Persona Five Scramble, 
is how could you the best thing about that is you get to just mindlessly kill things while you listen to that great soundtrack so who cares exactly but you know <laughs> that's the thing i'm a music person too but if like that's really what's holding back getting one of your great games on a system you know for sonic 3 i would entertain it moonwalker that'd be impossible i mean that's also that's the version i feel the moonwalker version of smooth criminal is like the version i agree with you there i meant moonwalker as a joke but sonic 3 i think there's like two songs in it like green hill act act two or something like one other one it's like or ice cap zone act one it's like you just get rid of it use the sonic mania versions of them and there you go Sega's going to have to figure it out. I would actually say one good killer app for that many, I don't know if it's actually announced yet, or it would be Aladdin. Because fuck that SNES version. I wonder if Disney would go ahead and I mean, do all that. Like, they already have like, a bunch of Mickey Mouse crap in that thing. Like, like uh-huh, Aladdin was yeah. a clear, that was a better, way better game on Genesis. That's the thing too. Like I remember when um, they made a huge deal about they remastered Castle of Illusion, or whatever, and well, they made a, they made a re like they did like another one like for the yeah, yeah. it's like it was that, like a two point five D game that was right. a bad game yeah I, I played all of it I I shouldn't have <laughs> well there you go Mark likes uh it, I mean, likes partaking was, in the bad game there it was okay enough but it's like this is not it's trying to evoke a feeling that it's just failing at <laughs> well speaking of a feeling who knows maybe this saints row movie will uh evoke some kind of feeling in someone it's uh directed by f gary gray which who did the fate fate of the furious and he's also doing the new men in black uh international oh. and he also previously directed straight out of compton which you know that movie. One out of three movies isn't bad. <laughs> is is really good. Um, I don't care about Saints Row, so I don't have a thing with this. But I don't know, Mark. I do care about Saints Row, and I have requirements. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing, uh, Mark. Before you get before we get into detailed requirements, um, I think anyone adapting Saints Row has some really tough choices to make. Because it's such a varied series, and it means different things to different people. But because of it, you could also sort of take it in different directions, right? Right. But I mean, like, the first Saints Row is a pretty straight-up GTA clone. The second is the super irreverent and mean-spirited parody thing. And then three is just, let's go crazy fun and freeform and break the fourth wall a lot. And then, of course, four and get out of hell take that even further, where it's just a complete farce now. So... I don't know, like, do you start at the beginning? Do you start with a serious Saints Row? Or, like, what what do you even do? Or do you just kind of take inspiration, take little bits and pieces from the games, and otherwise just make a crime movie? F. Gary Gray kind of makes a lot of just crime movies, so See, that would be my expectations to some degree. I guess my hope would be for, like, the first ten minutes, it's a very serious... Like, they're, like, doing, like, a heat-level, you know, bank robbery. Like, like basically, how Saints Row 3 opens... Except it's like the main like the main actor, the main boss, you know, actor is Eminem. And then in the first ten minutes, he gets blasted to hell, and he's in like you know a body cast. And when he wakes up, like the doctor is like, "Oh, way to do surgery on you." And then it's a Snoop Dogg for for the rest of the movie. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. And, and then <laughs> uh, it has to have Keith David, has to have Natalie Lander. She was Kinsey in three and four. Uh, mm-hmm. I would love it. I would actually love it also if uh, Tara Platt 
she's a voice actress in that series. If she, Your requirement's not going to be met. They're not going to cast the voice actors as the real actors. Yeah. Well, then this movie will fail because look at Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be some people hoping for Jason Statham since he resembles the male default character of those games. That would be cool. I'd also like it if Jay Moore is the bad guy. <laughs> I wouldn't mind Natasha Leone myself. Uh, that's kind of the that's the kind of character that I made for myself in, in Saints Row, and I think she would be hilarious if you're doing a Saints Row three kind of thing with a lot of a lot of jokey dumbness. And have Neil Patrick Harrison as well. What if uh, you know, so Jason Satan's doing that movie with the Rock? What if both of them show up and no, the Saints well, that'd be Row. good. No, I mean. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, that's like the thing is you already at that point you're just making a fast you're just making a Hobbs and Shaw or a Fast and Furious. True. Yeah, but Idris Elba, I don't care. Well, uh, moving on from uh, movies for probably the rest, well, for a little bit at least until we get to the entertainment part of the show. Uh, Epic Games, you know, th- they continue to mess with that needle of uh, PC gaming. Uh, haters and 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 everything else where you know we talked about last week about or well i guess earlier this week about the that whole thing with oh well we'll stop buying exclusives as soon as steam drops their uh quota and everything else well now they're not just buying game you know games they're buying in total studios because they went and bought uh psionics and this has led to speculation that that means rocket league is going to go off steam and I mean, of course, yeah. There is no speculation. They said it's going to steam. <laughs> well, Psionics didn't like. They came back and tried to be a little bit coy about it, and you know. I mean, when th- when this broke, I li- I almost had a second where I immediately ran to Steam and bought it right then and there until I realized I don't like Rocket League and stopped myself. Yeah. Plus, we got it free on PlayStation ages ago, so we can really play it whenever we want. Yeah, that's exactly where I played it the first time. I played it, I think, for like two months and then i haven't touched it again but it's a really fun game yeah well yeah i understand why people are upset it, you know i i get it it's an esport thing yeah if you're playing that seriously i guess you're being forced into the epic storefront which you know sucks for some people it, it, it doesn't help you at all with this continued thing with between steam versus epic of oh well i was great on this on pc and it's the only place i had it because i don't have a console and now i gotta go buy it on epic store i mean that's pretty shitty. It's the same way when, like, you know, Microsoft bought all the studios last year. It's like, well, it's a bummer, but I don't really care, I guess, because I don't like most of their games. I mean, that's kind of helpful for those studios, and I guess it does help Zionix because now they can, uh, as they say, it like significantly increases their potential reach and resources and and all that stuff, you know. So good for the developer, but uh, not great for, I guess, people that had it on steam or wanted to buy it on steam yeah um speaking of uh, potential games here even though ubisoft had already announced that uh ghost recon wildlands was getting dlc even though it's an old game you know what i give ubisoft a lot of credit they still support their old games a ton i mean uh, uh for honor just got a new class Go- uh, wildlands is getting new dlc and now there's supposedly a possible new announcement involving the Ghost Recon series in a few days. Some people are hoping it's Wildlands 2, which would be kind of weird considering you're just releasing DLC for the first one still. But not that unusual for Ubisoft. I mean, they've pulled those sorts of things. True. But could it be another Ghost Recon kind of game, though? 
I mean, they'll support a game right up until the point where a next game comes out. There's other Ghost Recon games. They're still supporting that For Honor game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Sean just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought you were talking about Wildlands. Uh, you haven't wanted to go play the new uh, Odyssey DLC, Mark? No, because it costs money. <laughs> oh, I I heard it's pretty good actually. Like if I if I if I'd been smarter, if we'd been smarter, I would have we should have grabbed that uh season pass because then I could have reviewed Assassin's Creed Three as well. <laughs> we didn't necessarily need that, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh like I guess more Wildlands is fun, but I mean, aside from Yens, no one is clamoring for more fucking Wildlands. Like people. Oh, want... there's a lot of people clamoring for more Wildlands. Well, people still play that game a lot. More, more people are clamoring for uh, Splinter Cell. Well, yes, yeah. but I mean, I would enjoy a new Splinter Cell myself. I mean, Mark, I think that's the first game that we ever played together uh, online was Splinter Cell Blacklist. Yeah, and it like had horrible network code. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But but man, another Wildlands. That first Wildlands was a game that I felt had the potential to be really great, but was brought down by a variety of baffling design decisions that kind of in confluence made it aggressively tedious to play. But th- those are all things that I think are really are pretty easily fixable on a second iteration. Like if they can address the travel times and the difficulty balancing and the content bloat then Wildlands 2 could be really strong. Oh, yeah. Certainly. I mean, and if there's anything that they've shown, they'll go back and do that. Um, they have a good track record of, like I said, supporting their games and not only that, trying to make them better. So um, if it is a new Ghost Recon, I mean, could it be like a new Advanced Warfighter or something like another Ghost Recon no. type series? Mm. I doubt it because those games, I don't think they did too well. <laughs> The one game I'd love to see from them would be like a new Rainbow Six Vegas. Oh, yes. I don't think what well, was Siege doing well, I don't think they're going to do another Rainbow Six type game at the I mean, same time. They are related, but they're vet, like Rainbow Six was like, you know, you busting, you know, NPC characters and had a story. Like, that's that's what I want. <laughs> well, as long as Ubisoft gives Far Cry a break, I think we're we're all good. Agreed. On that one. They really do. Like, give it a break. You gave Assassin's Creed. Have some time to, you know, put that back into the think tank and try something new. Yeah. I mean, they tried new things with five, but they were all changes for the worse and everybody complained. And then it seems like they backtracked some with, um, with the last one. So. In Far Cry New Dawn, you get a double jump. It's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, that is a good, that is an improvement. And you get like stealth camo. And I was like, what? That helps a little, I guess. You know what game made Camo kind of famous? A little bit. is uh, Halo. Mm. And Halo, Master Chief Collection, of course, got announced a little while ago, coming to PC, uh, finally. And now it's been announced that it's at least getting cross-progression between PC and console, and perhaps might get cross-play. Uh, as well so that's a plus side speaking of mark will you be interested at all in picking up yeah master chief collection if i can i uh i don't really like halo that much but i think playing it with a mouse and keyboard might be interesting uh especially like well halo 2 is a bad game i think and i never finished i never finished halo 3 i don't think halo 3 is one of the better ones in the series yeah halo 3 
One is cool. I have fond memories of one, and I liked uh, Halo Reach quite a bit. I'm excited that Halo Reach is coming uh, to the Xbox One version, so it finally feels complete because they got ODST as a make good for the multiplayer being broken for so long. Uh, that's still my favorite. Yeah, ODST. ODST is really good. That's the one I really hated. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we have good. Uh, we have uh, differing opinions. Like I liked ODST. Like he didn't. I, I know why. Yen's liked ODST because of the jazzy soundtrack, but I, 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 I hated the game because like you couldn't figure out where the next mission was. Like it's just some big. I like the hub world stuff. The hub world's good. It reminds me of that uh, the Wolfenstein that came just before Machine Games took the series over. Yeah, because they took it over because that Wolfenstein game didn't do well. <laughs> yeah. But it was a good Wolfenstein game. Like it was uh, Raven, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Raven was a great developer, and now they're just making Call of Duty maps, I guess. True. They were doing, like, Call of Duty China. I don't know if that's still going on or whatever, and they're always cranking out new maps. Well, if you do get it, let me know. We can, and they do crossplay. We can play together. Well, I'm, I'm more shocked if that game that, that game is on Steam. I thought they said it was coming to Steam. No, that, that's what I meant. Like, I'm shocked it's coming to Steam. Could you imagine if they made a deal with the Epic Store exclusives after all that? People waiting for it to come on PC, and then, oh, it's Epic Store exclusive. Yeah. I think, I think you'd finally get just the boiling point for that one. Um, do you you think it's weird they're, like, releasing it piecemeal, though, instead of just releasing it as a collection? Well, I imagine it's com- going to probably be coming in pretty hot. I mean, look at the Xbox One version. So they're probably going to mm-hmm. release, like, Halo 1, see how it works, see what needs to get fixed, and then they'll release Halo 2. And Halo, well, you know. Reach is going to be first, and then they're going to do chronological order. So I mean, I'm okay, but my point still stands. Like, yeah. okay, they'll do Reach first, and then see how it, you know, what the issues are going to be, because you know it's not going to come in great, and then go from th- there. Another mind-boggling thing for Microsoft is okay, the multiplayer thing is going to be free if you already have the collection, but you have to pay to get the story mode or the firefight thing. But then if you have Game Pass, it's all there. Yeah, they're trying to nickel and dime people. Like, okay. Like, they, they're the ones who've been trying for years to get, like, Xbox Gold onto, like, the PC. Right, and yeah. And no, no one will take them up on that offer because it'll be the end of that game. Imagine if, like, Call of Duty was like, okay, you, you can only play online right now or on PC or on Steam if you have Xbox Gold. There'd be no one playing that game. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. That will die a death. Um, interesting thing for me when this announcement came, this uh, last like news bit thing that we have of uh, Tommy Talarco, of course, took over and got the rights to Intellivision, and he's going to make a new one, the Intellivision Amico, for October 2020. Well... There's a new Earthworm Jim coming exclusive to that and Television Amico with a lot of the original team. Um, there's a they already had the first look for it. I didn't get to technically see it yet. It'll no, I, didn't. To just be... I don't care. <laughs> uh, but I mean I like the Earthworm Jim somewhat, but this is a weird move. Like I can't imagine that it doesn't come to another so you're gonna have a whole new Earthworm Jim and it's gonna come to the Intellivision Amico. Does it look like a 
Earthworm Jim never looked like an Intellivision game. No, it was uh, the on Amico is, I guess, <laughs> the SNES or whatever. Yeah, is, is it going to look like the old um, Earthworm Jim games? Is it going to have that kind of pre-rendered, um, pixelated look? Well, I mean, this Intellivision is going to sort of have more of a. I don't know that it's going to look. The games are not going to look like the old Intellivision games. They're going to. They're gonna be souped-up versions. The game looks no. The game does look very, like it looks like an old Earthworm Jim game, except better. You know, yeah, that's cool. So it's like it's so weird because you know it's a retro con or it's a new Intellivision, I guess. It's but like it's that still Atari going for retro. It's yeah, like an like Atari, Atari VCS thing. This is a 21st century 2D chip in architecture. Okay. So you're going for a retro thing, but you're not going for the actual Intellivision retro thing. You're going for something that's like SNES level retro. Right. Well, no, like the controller is like this weird, fucked up looking thing that you can like power. Like it has like wireless charging with the controller on the console, and you can also use your phone as a controller, and all this like other goofy shit. Uh, Earthworm Jim looked cool, and it mm-hmm. had like somewhat funny humor and decent music for the time but it was a bad playing game <laughs> one plus and the two. gun was cool well yeah until you ran out yeah. of ammo and you're just having to yeah. whip, whip enemies to death i was like this isn't yeah. fun i thought that once i once you get used to it it is actually not a bad playing game the problem of it is that it's just designed to fuck you over it's a game that trolls you aggressively it, mm-hmm. it's super hard uh i mean it's just not a fair game i thought and the little mini games where you gotta like jump on the freaking cow and all that. Yeah. It's annoying and uh Well there there's a there's a mission in Earthworm Gym 2 where you have to walk the dog. And if the dog takes any damage, he turns into a monster and swallows you. Yep. And it drove me to the brink of insanity. <laughs> I I never finished that one. Yeah. But it really it's just it's such a fuck you game. It it's so deliberately designed. It's like it's not that the design is bad, as Mark says. It's that it's deliberately designed to fuck you over at every at every corner. And I admire that to some degree, but I don't really. I'm not like a fan. You're the one who likes yeah. Dark Souls, so it may only make sense. <laughs> Dark Dark Souls is uh, uh, much fairer. <laughs> yeah, I mean this was this is back when these eight sixteen bit games they were just hard, and you had to deal with it. And... You know. Do you think this will be any better or worse? Better or worse than uh, those Bubsy games? Well, this will be better than that. I mean, Bubsy sets a pretty low freaking bar. So, <laughs> I mean, and again, they're not technically bad games. They're beautiful games. Yeah, it's true. And it's not Bubsy's. Bubsy's trash. <laughs> yeah, Earthworm Jim has a style that like it's not a fair comparison. Didn't they make a freaking cartoon? Earthworm Jim and Bubsy, yeah, both of them actually. Oh yeah, there's an animated series. Yeah, I mean Earthworm Jim. I, I mean Bubsy did DVD. not deserve to have anything, but you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people like jokingly like that game. I can't believe that that new one's getting DLC. Like are those people insane. They're like, trying to kickstart the DLC. That's how. That's how funny it got. <laughs> what's wrong with you? So apparently, this Intellivision is going to have a bunch of '80s and '90s game re-releases and remasters. So I guess we can expect more stuff like this Earthworm Jim announcement. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's souped up old television games, I'm interested in that because I like the Intellivision as a console. I played a lot of those as part of Game Room back when Game Room was a thing. I feel like they're trying to not go that route because 
they probably think it's not gonna that might be something like they just add those in right and they don't make big announcements for them because people are going to expect that well it's in television so playing television games but that the the big announcements the big game announcements will be like those like an earthworm gym like another 90s game that hasn't seen the light of day in a while or whatever you know yeah i'm assuming there'll be different tiers of downloads where it's like okay you can get you can get uh, um the classics for two, three dollars a pop, and then here's your twenty dollar new indie game or whatever that we're launching exclusively on the Amico. I wanna, I wanna know what indie developer is going to, you know, count their entire time of making this game for the well, television <laughs> only. Well, look at all those, look at all those Uyi developers. I mean, they're they're rolling in the cash now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah, I mean, since we had a show earlier, a lot of the like bigger stuff from earlier in the week we already kind of talked about. But um, oh, they, well, they announced that uh, Bloodstained Ritual the Night or release date finally. Yeah, for next month. Yeah. Which Stephanie like immediately was like, "Get me this." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> Weird that the Switch version is coming out like a week later. I uh, I think that remastered like the trailer with the new art style looks bad. Like, they just turned the contrast up on the background elements, and it's like, this doesn't make it look any better. Like, the old style eh. looked fine, I thought. Eh, it's it's not that worst yeah. ever decision. There could be worse things they could have done. It's not looked great pretty much from its... Like, the the, the concept art has always looked awesome, yeah. but it's never looked great in 3D yeah. um, from the beginning. So, I'm just kind of adjusting my expectations for that game, but... Still happy that they're making it. I mean, you already we'll got the Curse of the Moon thing, which is pretty great. Yep. Yeah, we got we got um, a spin-off out so, of it. Well, sadly, we have to discuss a pretty important death, and if you're a, especially if you're a Star Wars fan, uh, Peter Mayhew, who is known for uh, portraying Chewbacca in not only the old Star Wars films, but also in Force Awakens. Uh, he died at the age of 74. Um, he even went on to coach the, the person that's currently doing Chewbacca for, well, he did it for Last Jedi and Solo and now for Episode 9. Yeah, I mean, Chewbacca was one, always one of my favorites when I think about Star Wars, so this is kind of sad for me. Do you guys have any... You know? I mean, I guess I have no attachment to him necessarily, uh... Not to sound cold, I guess, but no, I just but, didn't know him. <laughs> I, I'm, I guess I'm just kind of glad he didn't die on the fourth, because all the May, May the Fourth stuff I also I already couldn't handle. The thing I, the thing that uh, I noted from all of the uh, various tribute posts is that man, there are a lot of pictures out there of Peter Mayhew lifting or carrying around Carrie Fisher, like a lot. Like he just seemed to like to pick her up. I mean, wouldn't you? So, he was living a good life. Um, also, there wasn't like a ton of negative posts about him. Like, it doesn't look like oh, me, he was a prick or anything like that. So, no, he just seemed to. He seems to just be a nice, a nice guy. I also, I mean, other than obvious attachment from Star Wars, because that's what I know him from. But um, I'm trying to think of if I've seen him as an actor outside of that. No, never, because he had like one film to his credit or whatever when Jersey just found him, and then. He just started being Chewbacca. It's like saying, like you know, the guy who was you know R two D two back in the day, like 
what was his acting experience? It's like, well, he could fit in the costume pretty well. And yeah. It's good enough. Oh, he was on <laughs> Dragon Ball GT as a voice actor? Does that mean anything to you guys? Oh, you Dragon well, Ball I mean, fans? I never... Nah, I never which watched character? It. Susha? Yeah, I never watched GT. No one should. I love so. GT. You monster. GT was not bad. It was fine. Like Plus, you got SS4 Goku. So... Which has been yeah. erased. <laughs> I'm realizing the only other thing I've seen Peter Mayhew in is Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, where he played, I think, the Minotaur? Both quality yeah. works. Props to you for watching that movie. This is another thing that I... I've heard of this, like, a bunch, but I've never actually seen Willow. And apparently they're going to make a Willow television sequel series for Disney+. Plus, um, Announced on a podcast... Uh, the it's well suited for that. Yeah, why not? I mean, Disney Plus might as well just get whatever they possibly can to draw any kind of attention. To I mean, not that announcing that pretty much every freaking Disney animated movie is going to be there for what seven dollars. Um, it's made me not want to go buy the Blu-rays for all those things because I have them all on VHS for my daughter, and I was like, mm -hmm. you know what? If it's going to be all on Disney Plus, I'm just going to save myself some money. <laughs> well, if you're looking for Willow on Blu-ray anyway, that one is hideously out of print and really expensive. Uh, I will not do that. I'm sure that the movie will come to Disney Plus too. They're going to do yeah. a sequel. <laughs> so, That's true. <laughs> not, not, not everyone needs to buy, buy the Blu-ray as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That movie, it's it's good. You know, I mean, Warwick Davis plays basically a hobbit. Right. And, uh, you know, Val Kilmer is a lovable rogue. There's like a an era of 80s fantasy where everybody was doing almost Lord of the Rings. Right. And, and that's one of them for sure. Well, uh, this is a very uh, just small week because a uh, week after Rage 2 comes out and we'll probably take the headlines. Uh, so... Uh, I am completely indifferent to that game. I don't know about you guys, but... Couldn't care. Mm. I know some people that are really excited about it, and some people that are kind of just like, "All right, I'll just wait till it drops in price." And the only thing I care about is if you can play as John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Puyo Puyo Champions comes out for all the systems. Uh, what's weird is you were so excited for Puyo Puyo Tetris, and then this game comes out, and you're like, "Ah, oh, whatever." Yeah. That's exactly what surprised me, too, when we did that episode. Because I like Tetris. <laughs> like, I don't like Puyo Puyo. I don't know how to play it that well. Uh -huh. yeah. Not to be fair, it is I, difficult. It, like, it seems like entirely like random to me, in a sense. It's totally... The fact that people... That there's such high-level play for it shows that it is not in any way random. But it, I just don't think we... You and I do not grasp. Um, the, we, we, we can't see through the code to make sense of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the people that I've seen playing that game and that play it awesomely well, I mean, credit to them. That's pretty amazing. Uh, Life is Strange 2 Episode 3 uh, is coming as well this week. Uh, I'm waiting for that entire thing to come out, and then I'll just start playing it. Around Christmas? <laughs> yeah, around then, basically. Uh, Yakuza Kwame 2 on PC. I, I mentioned that already, but if you like having your Yakuza games on PC, there you go. Uh, I know you liked it, Mark. So yeah, it was okay. Uh, I hear those PC versions are good. 
Yeah, if I was going to get one, I'd try, I'd try to get Yakuza 0, though. Just because I'd really try to break it with the infinite money thing. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Saints Row 3 is coming to the Switch. Which, you know, between Assassin's Creed 3 and this game, okay. Let's keep bringing old games that maybe don't need to come to the Switch. But... Alright. And uh, Mascarada Songs and Shadow is a 2.5D isometric RPG. It's kind of like Baldur's Gate is coming to the Switch. And that's kind of it. So, Wait, you mean, yeah. uh, is it Masquerada? Masquerada, yeah, Masquerada. Okay, yeah. I, my friend uh, who does our theme song did the music to that game. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So, props to Josh Rachel yeah. for for doing the music on uh, Masquerada as well. And, yeah, I think that's uh, pretty much it for uh, this week. Uh, I want to thank Jens for being on with us. Of course. But, uh, yeah, so if you like what you hear, you can always uh, subscribe, Video Games to the Max, anytime we do a show, whether it's uh, Jens and Mark doing Video Games to the Medium, if they're going to plan on doing any any more of those, or uh, just the regular show. Uh, E3 is uh, about a month away, so we'll be doing all those E3 uh, press conference shows and all that stuff and and everything else. So, man, I, I can't believe it's almost here. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, you can also subscribe to WTM Network. Uh, Mark has a, a preview for Warhammer uh, Chaos Bane. Uh, and there'll be uh, more things uh, coming along uh, this week. Until then, we'll see you later, everybody. Later. Cheerio. All right. Well, that was.